Welcome to episode number one of Recollection Step, a Grand Archive TCG podcast, part of the Main Deck podcast family. I'm Dan. And I'm Taylor. And today we're going to be going over some alchemical revolution spoilers, uh, a little alchemical review, if you will. Oh, and I will. And Taylor, (laughs) by the way, welcome to podcasting. How's it going? It's good to have you you here. Uh, yeah, it's going great. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, it's very exciting to to kind of get the chance to to hang out with you guys and and you know chat about one of my favorite games and join the main deck production team. So it's, yeah. we've, you've been um, you've been a longtime local area player of all sorts of TCGs that we've played um, and Grand Archive. I think it's safe to say captured your heart. Yeah, one hundred percent. This is very much skyrocketed to probably my my favorite card game. Um, I'm not sure if it overtakes Magic yet or not, but I'm certainly playing a lot more than Magic. So, um, yeah, <laughs> me too. It, it's yeah, it's it's got a lot of really cool it factors that just really drive home for me. And I think in set three, it's about to get just off the wall. Yes. Yeah. Set three looks like it's going to just really upend everything. Um, or at the very least, like give a lot of extra really powerful pieces to to the metagame for people to play around with. I what I'm most I think excited for, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but just the the introduction of the three new classes. Um I, I mean like when you talk about upending the metagame, yes. you know, like right now we're using our eight card sideboards to try and prepare for you know, six, seven different archetypes or whatever that I think are like reasonable ones to play. Uh, and I expect that to just be like, you can't even, you can't possibly have a single card in for every deck, even <laughs> even just one card in your sideboard. Yeah. Eight cards already feels like extremely tight. And so, yeah, just there's going to be no way to, to cover the spread like that. It's even with like the material deck, you're, you're going to get taken, uh, taken by surprise quite a few times, I think throughout the next few months. Yes, especially at Ascent, or, or I, keep, I keep trying to say Ascent Orlando, Ascent Ontario, <laughs> very different part of the country, um, where uh, you and I are both going to be there as uh, we, we scored our VIP tickets. We got very lucky. Yes, yeah, it's very exciting. Um, we were right there ready for it, but yeah, it was. it's always a little nerve-wracking when those pop up. Yeah, yeah, I'm very, very happy about that. That's going to be the the first like true showcase of the set three metagame. Um, I expect absolute nonsense. I don't know. I don't know about you, but yeah, no, one hundred percent. Ascent Houston was awesome, and d- that felt like there was a fair amount of nonsense. But like this is going to just crank it up to eleven. Yeah, yeah. I expect to totally like get destroyed by uh, some like random cleric deck or something that's using some combo I've never even thought to mm-hmm. use before. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be sick. So um, today, yeah, I mean, before we before we get a little too far here, what we do want to do is review sort of what we've seen of the Alchemical Revolution spoilers and just talk about things that have stood out to us. But before we do that, I just have a couple of things I want to mention to our lovely viewers and listeners out there. 
First of all, if you do enjoy this, our very first episode of Recollection Step, there are a couple things you can do to show us that. Leave a like on the video if you're watching on YouTube. Go ahead and comment down below. Let us know what you think about anything we are talking about today. I read every single comment that comes in, and I respond to an awful lot of them. Um, so just go ahead and drop down below if you have a comment for that, or if you're listening to us on a podcast platform and that platform happens to allow you to like review the show, like on iTunes or something, a positive review will help us start to grow a little more right away and find our audience. So I would really appreciate you doing that as well. Now, if you want to support main deck even further, the best thing you can do, the easiest thing you can do to support main deck is shopping on TCG player using our affiliate link. Um, we have an affiliate link that you can use and it'll be linked down in the description or in the show notes, depending on where you're checking this out. Or you can always just type in bit.ly slash shop TCGs. That's bit.ly slash shop TCGs. When you go to this link, or if you type that in, it'll bring you to the TCG player homepage, but here's the secret. It's going to be using our affiliate code that whole time you're shopping. So you just shop like normal. And then as soon as you're in shopping, TCG player sends us a little kickback for your order. It doesn't cost you anything extra at all, but it supports our channel quite a bit. And we really do appreciate all of the support you show through likes, subs, positive reviews, or that TCG, TCG player link. So thank you guys so much for your support. With that out of the way, Taylor, why don't you guide us? Let's talk about Alchemical Revolution, the most exciting set since set two, <laughs> which, you know, it's set three, but yeah, it's no, exciting. Uh, it's, ex it's really exciting. I'm, um, before we dive into the specific cards, I just want to take a quick kind of minute to talk about the, like, I'm, I'm really excited about the world and the, the world building they're doing with the set. It's very, um, just hitting all the notes, all the, all the cool, like weird steampunkiness is, is so much fun to, to see on the cards. And it's just such a fun contrast from like the medieval Camelot world that we were just on. I'm really excited about that in particular because Camelot is fine and cool, but it's sort of this like well-trodden path. A lot of, I mean, there are anime that just like straight up like, or like Arthurian legends already and stuff. Mm -hmm. and and it's been done a million times it's, it's just a trope right to do like camelot style stuff so i thought it was a nice thing to kind of ground everything in because it it made it, s it lowered the bar for weebs to have to like come up with their own distinct story and characters and everything but i'm so excited to see them delving into not only thematically a very different world with with all these sort of the magitech magipunk steampunk whatever stuff but then having to just create their own story and characters entirely. Um, so far, from the characters they've shown, they are, I mean, banger characters all the way through. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they all three new champions look um, really cool. Their styling is just fantastic. Um, they've made three very distinct, unique characters, and they're just a ton of fun. The the yeah the the unique non champion characters also I think mm -hmm. are just incredible. Um, yes, we got to preview Dahlia here, which was really exciting. Um, huge fan of Rose. I'm sure we're going to talk about her in a little bit as well as uh, the fire one, Tear Crimson Tear. 
Crimson Tear. I was like, Bloody Tear? I couldn't quite remember. Yeah, Crimson Tear. Yes, yes, yes. I'm super excited to talk about all those. So where where would you like to start? Where should we where should we get kick this thing off? Um, well, let's start with let's start with the champions. Um, the level ones, level twos have been all revealed, and we all have a really good idea of how they work. Um, level threes are all kind of a mystery at the moment, but that's fine. Uh, there's we've lots seen of, them, right? But it's like yeah. the text doesn't mean anything. <laughs> no, it's what is Tonerus is like what um, like make you summon three different obelisks like once per turn or something like that. Yeah, it's, they which do something. who knows? Yeah, impossible to tell, but. Their level ones are great. Um, Arasana, I'm actually going to skip her. She's got this really cool gather um, ability where she generates potions when she levels up, um, which is really neat. And you can use those, those or not potions, catalysts. Um, you gather you can, reagents. Yes. And you can use those catalysts, uh, reagents to to. Uh, activate your potions um, but we haven't seen a ton of, of potions yet and we haven't seen a ton of ways to like play with the reagents outside of potions um, so I think we'll just kind of like leave her for a minute she's still a little too mysterious I think yeah I think we're like very potentially big Arasana fans but it would just be such such um, idle speculation yes baseless speculation that it's like like I bet her potions are good. Like maybe yeah. <laughs> so it's impossible to tell. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Diana looks really cool. Um, her level one, uh, just has, uh, basically no effect as far as level ones are concerned. Yep. Um, which is just wild to see on, on a, on a character, on a champion. Um, considering everything else has had, it's some sort of like meaty benefit so far. Um, even like Xander low key gets to glimpse too, which is like, that's not irrelevant. That's a, that's a real ability yeah. where she just kind of hangs out um, and jumps into her level two uh, deadly duelist where um, on enter, she materializes a bullet card from your material deck. So very similar to Lorraine one and has uh, inherited range two. Um, but it just, that's where her level one finally gets to activate. And uh, you can lineage release level one, similar to the the new spirits from Fractured Crown, and materialize a gun from your material deck. Um, so she level two hits level two and basically gets to materialize a gun and a bullet right off the bat, um, which is very powerful. But it's it's interesting because it just shows this um, this design of like pushing to level higher levels in as like a necessity to play a character that we haven't really seen yet. Um, we saw a little bit of it with Rai and needing to get to level two to like start taking advantage of his mage spells and generate those enlightened counters. But at the very least, like he can still, he, he gets like two enlightened counters right off the bat and can play with that. Whereas like Diana is just, she really wants to get to level two right away. Yeah. It's, it's more like she's, she's starved of resources. Yeah. Like she doesn't get any, you know, she doesn't get that sword to play with that Lorraine gets. She doesn't get the enlightened counters to potentially get a, a card draw or something. It's just, you're stuck with whatever you draw until you get to two. But then when you get to two, you get potentially, you know, something much stronger than getting a random small sword that Lorraine has. And you get a bullet and you have that range two effect as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's giving up a little more on the front end to have a stronger mid to uh, potentially late game. But again, like the, the level three, mm -hmm. we don't 
something about creeping stuff. <laughs> we don't really understand yeah, creep, what it means. Either. Creeping torment, I think, is what it was. But um, yeah, it's just a, a an interesting kind of uh, design for her. I'm I'm really excited to play around with it because um, so far it seems like all the decks have either been like camp level zero, level one, or go straight to three. And Diana it seems like there's going to be a little bit more range to where you can get to two and then stay there. Like range two is pretty decent as well. If there's good distance enablers. Um, so yeah, she, she's just going to be kind of like an, another, another good unique design for people, people to play around with. It is, I think fairly dependent on um, the distant enablers to really get, I think a lot of the value out of Ranger. I think, so this is this is my early again like somewhat baseless speculation, but from like a competitive standpoint, um, I I would just guess that guns and bullets are a little more finicky, a little more disruptable. Um, like straight up, like the you can fracturize guns, you can like there's you know you can you can blow them up with stuff. Uh, hers her her one she showed is a little more resilient, but. Mm-hmm. Um, there, are, there are still, it still dies to like acolyte or something if I remember right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but it's like, it's that ranged ability that I think from a competitive standpoint is the first thing that I think about is like a way to push a lot more damage than expected. As long as you had, you can like reasonably enable it. It's the kind of thing where it seems like a lot of these cards have it being sort of like it's. In, it's there in addition to a, a general like advantage ability that you would on a card you would like typically play, mm-hmm. meaning that if you line everything up, you're getting big value on your plays. It's like you're getting that effect plus then you're setting up a, a big damage swing or something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and jumping into her like the spoiled gun that we have so far, the Seeker's rifle, um, the zero cost regalia weapon she has with uh, class bonus truce sight, class bonus spell shroud. Right. So she'll always have those. Um, yeah. So that's going to get around your spurn to ashes, your disintegrates, your fracturizes, which is really great. Still dies to Ruck and acolyte, unfortunately. But um, you'll see it's also got on kill. You may pay to reserve if you do materialize a bullet card from your material deck. Um, so kind of what I'm getting from this is it's it feels somewhat Lorraine 2-ish as well in that um, you get once Diana gets to 2 gets her gun she gets that range 2 so she gets the attack bonus potentially if she's distant and then also has a way to generate resources on kill uh, in a similar fashion she's got to put more work into it but potentially the payout's higher it's interesting to see the the on kill trigger there uh, you know I'm very tempted with all these ranged units to really like max out the damage I'm dealing to the opposing champion Mm-hmm. Um, so like the seeker's rifle certainly feels like a card that you would want to play in a deck that's, um, maybe attempting to be a foil to a more aggro focused meta and playing more general board control. Um, but it's also the only gun we've seen and it's not going to be the only gun in the set. Mm-hmm. So this could just be the, you know, with the, with true sight and with that on kill ability, it could be the like, well, I'm playing the board clearing one, and and maybe there's going to be another rifle, another gun of some kind that is more like aim for the head mm-hmm. kind of effect. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, overall, um, very cool design. I'm very excited for it. Um. So let's move on to uh, Tonerus, the other 
uh, new champion that isn't Arisana. <laughs> His level one, Tonerous Lone Mercenary. Um, first thing that you see is, is 20 health. So again, same with like Warriors from set one. Um, just huge health pool, which is awesome. His on enter is Tonerous gains taunt until the beginning of your next turn, which to me, it seems absolutely bonkers. When I read this, I my jaw dropped. I was just like, this is insane. I like, think this card's nuts. It's so good. Ally decks are already like really powerful. And this just says, I'm going to go to level one and you don't get to interact with me for a turn, essentially, unless you're like Ryan playing a bunch of mage spells that's going to deal damage. But it's, yeah, it's just so powerful. I think if you are starting your testing and we, we have more to see but mm-hmm. one of the first things i'm thinking is you're starting your testing for ontario or whatever events you're going to be playing when set three releases one of the first decks you need to consider in your gauntlet is going to be the guardian go wide aggro deck like take the take the true champion gaming wind aggro list the water aggro lorraine list take take whatever you like from that slap in guardian and like not quite auto win, but like your odds against other aggro decks are just like through the roof at that mm-hmm. point. Like you are able to establish control of the board very quickly. Um, it's very difficult for them to like you drop that Gildas, it swings and you go, okay, <laughs> it's going to, it's probably <laughs> going to swing again next turn. Next turn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Unless they're playing. Yeah. Unless they're playing like the, the fire deck that's, that's got um, incendiary fractals, <laughs> uh, focus flames, that kind of stuff. But um, it's, yeah, it's good. I think this, I think Toner's level one is like mm, beautiful. It, uh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to, I'll call it here. I, I, this might be the best card in the set. <laughs> so we have an early call. I like it. <laughs> it's, That's why we have you on the podcast to, exactly. to have strong opinions. I'm not afraid to make these claims. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, like you look at this, it's insane. Just on its face, it's really good. And then we'll get into it some more later. But the Guardian mechanic uh this set is foster and so if your unit hasn't taken damage for a full turn cycle basically uh you get a bonus of some kind depending on the card um so just getting this insane effect already and then enabling a bunch of other stuff that you could potentially just get for free anyway is like just so much gravy here it's insane and one thing that i think is is just kind of i mean like really beautiful i think how everything lines up is typically with these go wide decks what they're doing is they're kind of like they're dumping hands for for something like gildas math something it's not always for gildas math though just they might not have gildas just dumping hands out mm-hmm. and then using every materialized step to draw cards as long as they can stay on one until they go to two so they they typically play triple bobble play grand crusaders ring that kind of stuff um now with tonerus i'm very intrigued by the idea of uh Okay, I'm gonna dump out my guys. I'm just I'm gonna play as many allies as I can. Maybe I play squirrels. You know, maybe you know, just like whatever. Get on board. Do my swings. You have to crack back into Tonerus. And then, end of your turn during recollection, whatever, depending on how I have the setup, I'm gonna fast cure. I'm gonna heal. <laughs> I've I've gone down in my my influence potentially below you from just playing stuff to board. I'm gonna heal that damage that you took. And then I'm going to use that fast cure to level to two, where I'm just going to like smash you for even more damage. Mm-hmm. I like that's, that. That's an excellent, excellent segue into his level two, uh, Might of Humanity. Um, 25 health. So again, just tons of health. Uh, but on enter, 
Tonerus next attack this turn gets plus three attack. Um, so you just dump your hand out, fast cure a little bit, use it to go to level two. And depending on how many turns it's been, how many allies you've had out, like that plus three to his next attack could be like very lethal. Uh, especially we'll get to that, this one later too, but he's got like a six power attack or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's got some big, he's, a, he's got like, some big boy attacks to use. Yeah. Like it's just, th- this guy is just going to stat check a lot of people and yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I think, I think this is just the, this is the, the, the honesty check. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if your deck, and I think we've talked about this a little bit and some of our previous stuff, but like grand archive is a game that gets quite competitive. It's a game where it's, you know, it's actually, it's very easy to build a bad deck and it's very, and it's when you build a bad deck, it's very easy to lose to a good deck. But when you both can, when two players or when everybody in a tournament or whatever can build fairly competitive decks, it's an extremely compelling, nuanced gameplay experience. Kind of like a trade-off there, right? Mm -hmm. And Tonerus is going to be here and he's going to guarantee you that if you are not respecting this style of deck you are just gonna you're just gonna lose to it like it's gonna it's gonna guarantee basically that your deck has to be ready to deal with his numbers on board on board his numbers that you can't deal with and then when he levels just out of hand like boom whoops sorry you <laughs> took you out um actually i like that you brought up to like just the disparity between like good decks and bad decks in this game where if you are both on good decks it feels like a really good kind of fun back and forth if but if you're on if one of the players on a bad deck it's it doesn't feel good to be that player it's a beating um, but tonerous just with his inherent strength and the way he's going to like help players create like these linear decks i think um that just have a, a pretty high floor like i think is going to help out that that issue a lot and make it so that some of these lopsided matchups maybe don't seem quite so lopsided yeah i agree that's that i think i had a, I had a conversation with um i think it was with tim keith at some point uh, who's a very well-respected universes player who's dabbling in a lot of other card games too, um, who had asked me, I might've been on Twitter just to like what I thought of the general complexity of the game. Um, and if it was in a, basically if it was a game that was in a state where it was just going to rise in complexity from here and sort of become, you know, hard to approach. And the thing I really excited about in alchemical revolution is seeing Tonerus alongside Arasana and Diana shows me, I think that they're the dev team is cognizant of the, the potential complexity creep here. And I think their goal is to have a variety of classes that fit not only different play styles, but different like levels of complexity too. Um, I would, I would say that like, if I had to, if I had to rank them, this is a totally off the top of my head ranking based on a limited number of cards we've seen in set three, and then what we've seen so far in set one and two. Um, if you're just getting into the game and you're looking for a deck to play that doesn't tax you too much, that is that has, like you said, a higher power floor, where it's like even if you're playing suboptimally, you're gonna get to win some games, you're gonna be competitive. The top, the the easiest ones to play, like a warrior deck. Lorraine, like just stick with Lorraine for now. It's like good. I would say Guardian is just the next step, just like a slight step up, and potentially depending on the matchup might be easier because like again against Agrodex, you're just gonna be like, I just attack your face, mm-hmm. and you have to attack my face, but my I'm gonna beat your face faster, <laughs> being his goal. Um, mm-hmm. 
then then like maybe something like tamer which is like beating down but requires a little bit more like finessing uh you probably have ranger in there somewhere which is starting to get like it's not quite as straightforward cleric i have no idea but it's probably on the higher end of complexity mm-hmm. oh assassin assassins before tamer i think assassins also fairly assassin has some really good options for just like beating down it, yeah. it can get kind of complex too depending on if you're trying to go to level three and play with luxum like that's really assassin's... where you kind of get to weird it's it's got a weird spectrum it's right in the middle it's the good mm-hmm. it's the middle ground i think because it's either going to be like it's either going to be like this is the easiest deck to play attack and then planted explosives your face or this is the deck where I literally, if I don't have, if I'm down by one card when I go to level three, I'd lose the game. And if I have the card I need, I am. It's impossible to lose the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yep. compli- complicated stuff. And then it's probably like cleric and Rai are up there somewhere where like Rai really requires you understand a lot about the game to eke out those victories. And when you do, sometimes it's like it seems like just total like you blow the opponent out. But that was because you had all the game sense to kind of get there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, anyway, bit of a tangent, but I agree completely. I think like Guardian is is a great lower complexity deck to play from what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. But it is going to have a, a distinct play style to Lorraine, who's going to be often a little more like attack card oriented. Um, where I think those go wide decks, you're probably going to prefer to play them in Tonerous, unless you're making like a fun medical, which I think is going to be the really exciting thing to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to lead to some to fun, some fun uh, tournaments, I'm sure. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, those were the three new champions. Um, sorry, cleric. We just don't have enough information at the moment to really dive in. Like you we did roll here. some dice and you yep and you, you make some things happen and and yeah, like once I think cleric feels like right. Like if we saw rise level one and two mm-hmm. and we're like, here's how rise going to play. It'd be like he's going to die. Yes. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. But then you see his level three and you go, oh, okay, that's what's going on. So yep. um, if we understood RS on his level three, I think we'd have a better idea or we saw some more potions. But yeah, until then, um, she's cool, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yep. Just hope for the best there. Um, but moving on, um, we'll get to some of the normal cards here. Um, we'll just jump right in with uh, the new Academy Guide. Um, Starting high. Yeah. The Dungeon Guide analog here. So uh, shout so, out to TM32s. So they had a hilarious video. Spoiling. Oh, yes. I was, I was yeah. a big fan. Yes, very much so. That was hilarious. Um, let's see. So Academy Guide is a three reserve um, cleric, animal, human, ally. One power or one one attack, three health. And champion cards you materialize cost one less to materialize, uh, which is just insane. Um, like to, to me, this feels just like if you can keep this on the board for like two turns, you've generated a ton of advantage. Can you, um, can we just step back in our conversation for one moment to the character who made it, makes it really hard for your allies to die? Uh, yeah, yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> this plays extremely well with Tonerous and, and all of the guardian support. It's bonkers. Um, I'm, I'm curious because it's not, I mean, like Academy guide is obviously not an offensive powerhouse. Mm-hmm. So part of me just I'm very curious about how strong that Tonerous level three is going to be. If Tonerous level threes, if those obelisks or whatever are like are like, wow, like if you can get a couple of these out, like you're you're dominating, mm-hmm. then I can see four of Academy guiding. Like all I want to do is drop that 
the turn I level so that when I go to level two, it only costs me that one card. Maybe it's like you drop this and you heal up again. You know, you, you use the fast gear or something. Mm-hmm. And then you just use that one floating memory to go to two. Bash a, an ally or whatever. Try and do whatever you can to keep the guide in play. If you can keep it in play or, God forbid, multiple <laughs> in play, this is a lot of advantage to gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just like turn one on the play, drop academy guide, have something like deflecting edge or literally any oh, favorable wins. multiple. Yeah. There's so How many gross is favorable wins with this actually. It's disgusting because it's, <laughs> it's hard to do four damage on turn one on the draw anyway. Like you, you can drop a couple, three drop allies. If you're the right deck, it's, you can do it, but then you get to like, you, there's still just so many ways to protect it. I think decks will have to be less, Decks again, again, like like the keeping honest deck, right? Like mm-hmm. decks can't be as greedy. Um, I, I would say like one of my early analysis points of, of set three, even not even knowing things is that decks are gonna have to be less greedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to play interaction. You like if you're Rye, the, you remember the like the 30, 34 arcane card Rye decks that are just like, yeah. don't don't care what you're doing, I'm gonna level. Um, well, losing reckless conversion kind of hurt the viability of those. But decks like that, I think, will now have more checks that are being you know, like, well, you yeah. didn't interact with me, so I also went insane. <laughs> yep. Like, Focus Flames is, could potentially be an actually good card here. Well, uh, It already is. There's already decks playing in the, in the current metagame. Yes. It's coming into play because of the rise of these, of like the True Champion Gaming Wind Allies deck, mm-hmm. um, the, the Water Allies deck that's, that's getting played. Like, those, like, you have to kill Gildas. And you have to yeah. kill Gildas through favorable wins right now like that's that's the key and if you can't break four damage then you're having trouble so Mm -hmm. that's the one thing that academy guide has that i think is going to be okay because we've we've already established now a metagame where like if you're playing fire decks that have the room like you should be packing things like focus flames to be able just to handle those things and not just get bodied by them because the damage is way too much early on Mm -hmm. so those will still exist and this is still answerable but if you don't have the right thing at the right time, it's yeah, it's good. Yep. It's good. Um, the other thing I want to point out is the animal subtype is yes. fantastic. Like there's everybody's always trying to hype up, you know, Sylvie and find something that's going to really put her on the map and, and give her something, you know, an extra, you know, shot in the arm and Academy guide might be that hard. Um, this like is just, exactly the kind of thing with, that we've been saying. You, so like we've been talking about Sylvie, like, like Sylvie mm-hmm. just needs good, good allies that aren't like here's a pride drawback to get your ally to be like it just needs cards that have good text on them and then you just staple the animal or beast subtype on them yes yep so yeah it's great Mm -hmm. um yeah i'm very excited to rip open some of those and and play with them yep um let's see moving on um a couple more just like random fun norm spells um so escape the wreckage uh three reserve action ranger skill fast uh return target ally you control to your memory and if you do draw a card into your memory um great way to save uh allies from kind of whatever you have to replay it which is unfortunate um but drawing card like this replacing itself is very valuable uh in a lot of these decks that are going to want to just kind of keep the cards flowing the the thing about these effects is that, yeah, sure. You have to reclaim. You have to re- reclaim. I, I might have slipped there. You have to. <laughs> you have to replay them. Yes, but typically you're not just doing this like 
for fun. You're like, the end of my turn, yeah, I'm just going to get rid of my ally. Like, you know, it sounds good. Um, it's it's going to be more a situation where you have an academy guide out and your opponent goes focus flames and you go, nah, I'm going to have you waste your focus flames, keep the academy guide, and then replace my card um, mm-hmm. to, to plus one yourself. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease just a little bit. I'm going to jump ahead because I'm sure we're going to talk about Crimson Tear. Oh, but- yeah. <laughs> Crimson Tear does say whenever you activate a reaction card that targets Crimson Tear. And oh wait, this is not a reaction card. Never mind. No, I'm Ooh. done. Never mind. I, I missed there'll it. be more reactions, don't worry. There will be oh okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I I you know, early set, we're still getting still learning everything here, but um shoot, Escape the Wreckage is not a reaction, so you can't draw a million. That's probably good, actually. That seems busted. Yeah, that's that, <laughs> I, I bet that had reaction in development and they were like, nah, this can't no, happen. No, 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 no. <laughs> Um, it's nice to see this effect being uh, applied outside of wind though. Um, mostly we've seen a lot of like the good, you know, even, uh, protection spells, the, the, the protection spells where you don't go down a card have been in wind. So it's really nice to see these proliferate a little bit more. Um, I, w- I won't mind seeing them in, in wind, like mostly in wind as it's kind of, if that's, that's what wind is going to be good at moving forward, but it is nice to just have a little bit more of that flexibility. Yeah, and and clearly, like compared to reclaim, this costs one more, and it puts the unit into your memory, which is a riskier place mm-hmm. to put it. That's usually like that's now you might end up banishing it to level or something. Yep. Um, you can't immediately use it to play another card, which is a thing you can do with reclaim. You can bounce it and then put it down to play another reclaim or play a zephyr or something. Um, so it's it's definitely a worse card, and is thus you know able to be kind of a norm element version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I do think it's, I think this is a card that is going to be considered for some, um, especially for non-wind ally decks. Yes. Yep. Um, let's see next one. Uh, we'll just hit really quick. Um, because true champion gaming, uh, did an excellent preview video with this and they showed the we'll show you exactly, um, into the fray to reserve, uh, fast action guardian skill. Up to one target ally you control gets plus one attack until end of turn for each other ally you control. Um, and with class bonus floating memory. Just very powerful card. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it's free damage and it and it banishes itself to level you later. It's like... Yep. Yeah, okay. So again, Tonerous, remember like we're going to pay yep. attention to this guy because <laughs> yes. he's going to kill you out of nowhere. Yep. Uh, yeah. Talking about how Academy Guide only has one, like, one attack in that deck... It's still a body for Into the Fray. Like, yes, it is. A lot of cool stuff going on there. Uh, card you previewed, uh, Navigate the Streets, one cost or one reserve. Uh, action Ranger skill, Glimpse 1 plus X, where X is the amount of domains you control and floating memory. Um, very cool card to see kind of more more of these like card selections cards come into play, uh, especially like with, with Weebs figuring out a way to do this without actually just having you draw more cards, but still not be card disadvantage um it's really neat uh this and like sky scry the skies are kind of two of my favorite like just random card draw spells at the moment i mean this isn't a card draw spell but kind of is what they're going for there there are decks right now that are just tossing idle thoughts in because it's a you know it's a floating memory card so you can like pitch it to creative shock you do the things you want to do with it pitch it to hasty messenger but sometimes you can use it to like you know just kind of 
put find find a card you need maybe or or look at four cards and go oh god this sucks <laughs> and put it back so i like navigate the streets in those decks if you don't have a direct interaction for idle thoughts you're not playing like idle thoughts tide diviner or something mm-hmm. i really like having navigate as an option even if you don't play these domains as a way to just go well i'm just gonna like potentially move a bad card out of the way and have this floating memory uh rather than being locked into whatever the next four cards are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an, I think it's a reasonable option there too. Um, yeah. I mean, we've been working on uh, the triple threat Merlin list that you came up with for St. Houston. And we've been just kind of iterating on that since then. Um, I can't count the number of times I've been like, wow, idle thoughts. I would love to include this just cause I'd love to get some more floating memory in the deck, but it just does stone nothing. Uh, Cause you have no way to manipulate the top of your deck outside of like an orb of regret. Um, but like you, like the selection would be nice and floating memory would be nice and navigate the streets, even just glimpse one floating memory is like maybe enough to get it in there. Like if you really want that selection and, and the, the constant floating, the unconditional floating um, just like just being able to just throw that in there and, and get advantage with your creative shocks or, you know, if you need to dig, you can kind of dig a little bit. Yep. And we've, we haven't prior to this set, all our domains were like very much, you put this into play and that's the only domain you probably have in play Mm -hmm. largely. Um, but in this set now we're, we're seeing a bunch of domains that are more like they don't have upkeep costs. They can just kind of sit out and give you a very minor advantage. So, um, I, I would say my initial take on this is that that's not a competitive deck style. But if there are, if we're going to be surprised by a bunch of other effects that are like where X is the amount of domains you control, then, you know, like fireball for domains, we need stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then we start to at least have a, maybe like a tier two, three, like casualish kind of deck that you can put a bunch of domains into play when everything lines up, you, you kind of like you're going off and then you're going to navigate the streets in glimpse five and you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to feel pretty like you're having a pretty good time. Then um, I feel like it would take a lot to make the like heavy domain deck competitive though, mm-hmm. based on the domains we've seen so far. Yep. Yeah. The, the decks that are going to, I think if there is, I, I think we're not going to see these heavy domain decks just unless there's some like killer domain that pops up. So I think this is going to see play in some more like, kind of combo-y decks that just really, really want to dig. Um, even if it's only like Glimpse 1 or 2, like just glimpsing and replacing itself is potentially valuable compared to what else you would do. Like right now, I think you just, there's a lot of like idle thoughts going around and they're just, they're just not a good card. Yep. It's, yeah. Idle thoughts. I think idle thoughts, when I when I did my initial like full set review of Dawn of Ashes, I think I said it was a bad card. And it's not a bad card. But it's not a good card. Is it's, my like that's yeah. where I'm at with it. It's it's a card that I play when I need it. Yep. And then I lament I, needing it. <laughs> it's a card I want to see exactly one time, and that's when I'm on level zero going into Xander level one, and I never want to see it again. <laughs> I want to see it when I'm when I can like idle thoughts into the uh, deep sea fractal or something. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. yes. that's fine. Those yep. plays are those plays are good. We like we like those plays, but other than that, I. Mm, I'd like any other floating memory card in <laughs> most situations. Yes. Yep. Digging, like, I want to be really clear. We're going to get comments or something on this. Digging four 
occasionally like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say this doesn't happen occasionally it finds you the fireball or something like Mm -hmm. that does happen but not the same number of times that you see just nonsense just garbage and you're like cool (laughs) yeah um (laughs) yeah for for any mtg players who are familiar with legacy uh, like idle thoughts in yourself without having a way to like manipulate the top of your deck is the same thing as like brainstorming without you know being able to shuffle you just you put cards back and then you're going to spend the next couple of turns drawing those same cards and you're going to be kind of bummed out because you probably didn't want to draw those cards you know what the worst thing is taylor when you idle thoughts and they're already in the right order and you're they're not good anyway you're just like completely wasted (laughs) okay i'll put these back then and they're not i'm not even excited so (laughs) anyway moving on um Let's see. So the next one is Seasoned Shieldmaster, uh, a three reserve ally guardian human, one power or one attack, three health. Um, one of the coolest lines of text in the, the set, I think. It, whenever an ally you control becomes fostered, draw a card into memory. Yeah. And then also class bonus, fostered allies you control get plus one, plus one. Um, this is him and Ton- Tonerus are just. I'm going to have a lot of fun making a lot of really dumb aggro decks and I don't normally play aggro decks. So it I'm, just goes to show how excited I am about this. Now he, he needs, he doesn't foster himself. Mm-hmm. That so that's, that's, you know, he's, he's, you need, he's part of a, part of a combination of cards that you need to get out. But the more you can protect these things, the, you know, the more incremental advantage he can gain for you. Mm-hmm. If you have multiple season shield masters out and you have one thing that fosters, you're going to get multiple triggers. Remember things can only foster one time too. Yep. They, they can't be fostered a second time if they've already been fostered. Mm-hmm. So there's a number of things that prevent this from being insane, but it is an exciting, it is an exciting card. Yes. It's an yeah. SR too. Actually. I don't think I caught that the first time. Ooh. Wow. Yes. Spicy. You got you got you got to dig for that guy. I know. There's a lot of good SRs in this set. Um but yeah, a lot of the guarding cards though, like the good ones all have fostered or foster, not fostered, just foster. Yeah. Um so like those are cards you're going to be playing anyway. So he's he's essentially just going to be the banner knight of your uh guardian decks and he's going to be potentially even better because he's could be drawing you cards. It's it's great. It's it's sure. nice that he can come down like he can still come down later after you fostered a bunch of allies and still buff them. Yeah. So like he's good at all points of the game. He's just, um, just going to hang out and provide a lot of value. Um, yeah. he's we sick. skipped over this one, this card, uh, organize the Alliance, um, just cause it's not super exciting, but target ally becomes fostered with that. Um, I don't even think they need the foster keyword. I think they just become fostered. Um, so again, that can trigger, his ability or it can just give a buff um so lots lots of fun things you can do with this guy that is interesting i don't know if i considered that is that i'm trying to find a card that has fostered here to like uh let's see read the specific that has it written out here at the beginning so, of the recollection phase if this ally hasn't been dealt damage since the end of your previous turn it becomes fostered okay i mean yeah i mean i i guess I'm not. I'm not positive if they need to have the foster keyword. Yeah, we'll we'll need some clarification on it. But from the I'm way sure that someone's reminder got that text, already, but... yeah, 
the way the reminder text is set up, it it reads to me anyway. That's how that would work. Yeah. Um, but you know, in which case, in the then, comments if we're wrong. But yeah, it def- definitely let us know. In that case, though, you can foster your own season shield master that way. Yes. And then make him yep. a two four, and he'll uh, draw a card. Yes, it's not other fostered allies. It's just fostered allies. Correct. So that's, that would be that. That's sick. actually really good. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I could gush about him all night, so we'll we'll move on. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, there's another like cool normal card here. I think I wanted to talk about. Uh. Uh. Nope. Just kidding. We'll move on to fire. Okay. We- <laughs> um there's a lot of like really cool just like there's a lot of like neat ranged units in fire here um the first one is uh, airship engineer to reserve ally ranger human class bonus range two and on enter if you control a distant unit draw a card into your memory oh and uh it's a one two um so it seems like just kind of a cool like role player for for some aggro ranger business going on um it's cheap unit Puts a body on the board, potentially attacks for three. Um, a lot of fun stuff. Re- could replace itself. Yeah, the you know the deck that can again, like I think we're really hinging on how easy it is to make things distant. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see if there's like a spell, like maybe maybe it'd have to be like an advanced element ranger spell or something that like makes all your allies distant or something. Um, then I think you're like you're cooking with gas at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like this card that just keeps it, it keeps your card flow going yep um in your sort of like your ranged ally focus deck yeah Solid. exactly uh another one uh automaton bomber three reserve uh ally ranger automaton ranged four uh which is like one of the higher ones we've seen and yeah. class bonus floating memory uh, also one two um so again just another another solid card that can help keep the, the card flow going and potentially just hit like a truck yeah, I mean this is this is honorable vanguard, but it costs one more, but it can do five damage <laughs> instead of one. It's like, yeah, like this is your this is just in that again in that like ranged aggro deck. This is probably for the fire version at least probably one of the bread and butter um, oh, yeah. allies. You're just gonna you're gonna start by slapping four of those things in here because it's it's gonna let you level and and again ranger needs to level to two to like start to do things. Mm-hmm. So I think floating memory is going to be very very important for ranger to be able to do that effectively. Um, you get it down early. It's it's going to be annoying. Your opponent's n- going to not want to kill it because they're going to they're going to give you the floating memory if they do. And then if they don't kill it, you're going to go okay. Well, it's distant now and take four or take five. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I like it. Uh, let's see. Um, I think those are the two cool fire ranger allies. Uh, there's a ranger reaction skill, uh, rocket jump, which is a five reserve uh, action ranger skill reaction. Um, class bonus though costs two less to activate. Uh, here is kind of a neat one. Target unit becomes distant. Oh, uh, this is fast speed, by the way. Yes, Target unit becomes distant if that unit is defending. Deal four damage to its attacker. So, excellent way to distance your automaton bomber, kill whatever is attacking it, and protect it, and then hit for five in return. Yeah. Or this is this is actually a reaction. So it does, the distant doesn't necessarily matter, but on Crimson Tear, it's just going to draw you a card. We'll talk about it in a yes. moment, I'm sure. Um, let's, I mean, let's just jump into it. Sure. Uh, so Crimson Tear, three cost, uh, unique ally, Assassin Automaton. Um, 
level plus one as long as Crimson Tear is attacking or retaliating against a human. Crimson Tear gets plus one. Uh, and level two plus uh, whenever you um, activate a reaction card that targets Crimson Tear, draw a card into your memory. Then if it's not your turn, wake up Crimson Tear. I, for, I forgot it woke itself up to Jesus. Yeah, this thing this so card nuts. is insane. Um, just absolutely bonkers. Uh the all of the champions that we've seen so far are humans. Um, so Crimson Tears, for the terms of beating face, is a three-two uh, for three, which is excellent stats. Um, and then yeah, just being able to play all these reactions to protect Crimson Tear, and then just they all replace themselves for free, um, regardless of what they are. It's and potentially Oof. just like retaliate for a billion. It's bonkers. Yeah, tier's really good. Again, like like I think a really funny deck thematically, right? Like for people right away, like Fire Guardian is probably gonna feel like really strange, right? Because yeah, like yeah. well, it's like aggressive guardian, but yeah, like aggressive guardian, like you put these crimson tears at once, you get that plus one bonus on level one. So that's I mean, already you just want to go, okay, level to one, taunt everything, crimson tier, smash for three, have fun killing her. Mm-hmm. Level to two next turn, and now suddenly you're online. Now, like you, this is so sick actually because they they had that turn where they basically like had they had trouble dealing with her. They couldn't attack her. You level to two. Now suddenly, when they try to attack her, you play the reaction to prevent it uh, once again to keep her on board. And now you draw a card when you yep. do that. It's just yeah, it's insane. Um, I, I'm glad you brought up Guardian Fire Guardian. That's kind of one of like Wind seems like the obvious choice for that. But uh, I've really been digging Fire Guardian options. Uh, Dev Blow from set one is a Warrior Guardian card. Uh, so you get the class bonus for, what is it, plus four, plus six attack on the, the attack. Yeah. Um, at level three. So like Guardian can definitely use that as an f- excellent finisher. Um, yep. Just lots of cool things going on there. Um, the next unit to talk about is also a Fire Guardian uh, Forge Light Shield Maiden, three cost, ally, guardian, human, uh, foster. And on foster, draw two cards and discard a card. Oh, man. Class bonus, if a fire element card was discarded, put a buff counter on Forge Light Shield Maiden. Uh, For, this starts out as a one-two. Creative Shock on a unit yeah. is... I mean, you have to foster it, okay? So, like, it's not just like on enter creative shock is like that'd be who boy but but this card's obviously good like mm-hmm. as as long as you can get the like if you can get that foster in some decks they're just like not gonna be ready to deal with your for your shield maiden or you're gonna be playing tonerous because you yep. just yeah. and then you're going to you're gonna discard a fire element flow you're gonna discard a um a tempered steel or something yep and you're going to get it suddenly be a two three. You'll have the floating memory. You'll have drawn two cards. It's like it effectively was just a straight draw two cards. Is how that mathematically works out. Um, and it oh boy, it's good. It's good. It's, it's insane. This card is absolutely bonkers. Like people are already calling for creative shock to be banned, like right or wrong, and putting it on a on a ally is just insane. I think it's. I mean, I think the foster will make it reasonable. Though. There's kind of like I like fosters really a lot because there's counterplay to it. Yes, there's. Um, it's not a guaranteed thing, but that's not going to stop you from playing this unit. 
Like, yep. yes, I think exactly. you're going to play this. Yep. Well, and, and like everything, every, every, pretty much every direct damage spell except for Ignite the Soul kills this. Um, like even water can uh, freezing hail it. Like you've got options. Like it, it, there's, this isn't, you know, something that's going to come down and be impossible to kill or damage. So, yep. Um, let's see. And then the, the seller, like, well, actually, while we're still talking about guardian Ingro, um, we'll go to uh, blazing charge, a two reserve fire attack guardian sword class bonus blazing charge gets plus two attack on attack until beginning of your next turn. If damage would be dealt to your champion, they take that much damage plus one instead and starts as a base three attack, uh, attack. <laughs> um, so again, just tons of like crazy aggressive options here for fire guardian, like five damage two cost attack. I mean, mm. it's got the drawback. You're going to take more damage on the crackback, but it doesn't matter if they're dead. So yeah, exactly. Yep. Tonerous on level two, the turn you level to two actually throws this as an eight damage attack for two cost, which yeah, is insane. I, it's it's nutty. Yeah. Fire well, like, momentum like, uh, wishes it could be this. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's a it's a higher risk gameplay style, the the fire guardian, but it's I think it sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. Um, and then kind of like a an oddball uh, aggressive card here, uh, Inzali Unshackled Blaze three reserve, uh, unique ally cleric automaton, a one one attack four health. Uh, class bonus on attack you may banish a fire element card from your graveyard if you do deal one damage to each other unit uh so it includes champions and then uh if you're level three or higher and have four or more memory inzali gets plus two attack uh so just kind of like a really interesting card here um if if there is like an agro cleric build this seems really cool uh even outside of agro cleric though like potentially it's gildas gildas esque here yeah i mean it's it's the level requirement is the big difference mm-hmm. right why it's not going to be quite gildas esque because level three is asking quite a bit that's a lot um obviously you're like we're talking that's like varican acolyte territory who who does swing for three like mm-hmm. it happens um and actually the important thing to note about cleric is that cleric does have an herb uh, to one third of the herbs is a like temporary plus level boost. Yes. Um, so you're able to trigger that level three a little easier than you might think. Um, but is that on attack that I think is really, really fascinating. Um, mm. I don't know how to, I don't know how to gauge this card quite yet. Yeah. I, I think it seems good, but it's and it's gonna. I think it's gonna have some like some plays, some board states where it's gonna be like insane. Um, it's gonna give cleric a lot of board control potential. Um, the the one damage to each other unit hits both champions as well. Hits you and your opponent. Um, so it does mean that she's swinging for four on her own if she mm-hmm. goes to face, and potentially like clearing some stuff, some uh, some things out of the way, or like lowering thresholds to kill some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of hoops to jump through as well to get that to line up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, there's a lot going on with this card. Um, like you said, it's just very hard to gauge at the moment, um, what it is even going to be able to do on a regular basis, but 
um, definitely want to keep in mind just because some of that is like the on attack is just a very unique effect that we haven't seen yet. So, yep. Um, that's kind of like the fire cards for me so far. Um, but lots of hits there, just lots of extra, you know, firepower pun intended. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. We'll move on to water here. Um, another sweet guardian ally here, uh, awakened frost guard to reserve ally guardian automaton class bonus foster and on foster you may banish up to two cards with floating memory from your graveyard for each card banished this way put a buff counter on awakened frost guard and draw a card and then also awakened frost guard has vigor as long as it's fostered this card is this card's a a pile of interesting and it's i think this card is kind of hard to gauge the actual power level on banishing floating memory cards is not directly card advantage for to draw cards is not directly card mm-hmm. advantage it's 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 it in the early to mid stages of the game it's it's similar to card parity um however part of that is a little dependent on your like your general quantity of floating memory and how you get those cards, you know, how you get the cards in there as well, to some mm-hmm. degree. Um, if your deck is really, really floating memory dense and banishing to floating memory does not actually realistically impact your ability to then spend that floating memory to do your leveling or whatever later on, then it's kind of pure advantage if you like milled your way to those floating memory cards as well, then you're, I mean, you're talking like you're, you're kind of stacking advantage on top of advantage there, but you have to do that. You have to have that set up. You have to foster this thing as a guardian, which is easier as a guardian, but I'm saying there's a class bonus there too. Yep. It's, it's a card with some potential upside, but it's got again. It's like it's a lot of hoops to jump through to like find the value. I yeah. feel like um, I, I think I'm a lot more bullish on this card than you. Okay. Um, like obviously, very strong parallels to Frostworn Paladin, um, and both like I think they're both going to be really really excellent aggro cards. Because um, like you said, you know, in the early game, floating memory is not necessarily card advantage if you're banishing it from your graveyard because you can use that to level up. You can use that to play for any other material deck costs. Uh, but a lot of these aggro decks aren't often staying on, you know, level one at the most, right? So that that floating memory is just hanging out. And it wants to be gobbled up by this and lets you draw more gas and put more allies on the board. Um, and being able to get uh, two, <clears throat> excuse me, being able to get two cards from your graveyard and get two buff counters potentially because of that makes this a three, four for two, which is just an insane rate. Um, yeah. With vigor. Um, so it can, you know, you're not going to be able to attack into it very well to kill it. I uh, just, I like, I think it's going to be a very, very strong card if there's a water guardian deck. We've already seen water aggro decks creeping up. So that certainly is like a, mm-hmm. uh, certainly a viable mm-hmm. potential deck. And now with, with the proxies vault scepter of Lumina also, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that's actually interesting because the, the Scepter is obviously a really sweet additional damage for that deck, um, but also then wants you to, you know, again, have the floating memory to spend. But, you know, 
maybe maybe you work those two things together and you you run just more floating memory in general it lets you either get free scepter lumina or get awakened frost guard triggers depending on how you set up, how how things set up hmm. i do think that on foster on on this one two is going to be the key thing yes. about this hmm. and if this was on enter i would think this is very potent <laughs> very potent card mm-hmm. the on foster is the thing that still gives me a little bit of pause because it's only a one two and doesn't do anything else until it fosters so yep. it's a little and then you still and you have to be set up when it fosters too yeah. it's like again it's like it's like get take away any one of these hoops you know like then i'm like i'm happy but i'll have to see it play but you're right two cost is low for the potential upside exactly yep yeah no and like i agree these are like these aren't you know trivial hoops even to jump through right like uh fostering obviously isn't free and then um like floating memory is a little bit more difficult to get into your graveyard in water um like it's got some good floating memory spells but in general you're not just discarding a bunch of stuff like fire like like, it's it's weird water's got tons of floating memory mm -hmm. but it has to pay pretty significant costs typically to get it into there um or just like you know, it has to fracturize. I mean, fracturizing something is something that water is doing a lot now. Oh so. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean this, this plus like just all the other support that water aggro has gotten lately seems like it could uh, definitely have a, a viable path forward. Water allies is already kind of scaring me. And yeah, like, mm-hmm. yep. Seems, seems interesting for sure. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean that goes right into the next one. Uh, like our floating memory worries here for uh sea sprite diver. A four-cost ally ranger automaton. Uh, as long as an opponent has four or more cards in their graveyard, this card costs one less to activate. On enter, banish target card in a graveyard and two attack, three health. Um, so again, just like more things that are going to be pressuring the floating memory in your graveyard. Um, we've seen it recently with raccoons. Merlin obviously is everywhere, and that is more than happy to, to eat up floating memory. Um, I think we're just going to continue to see kind of, you know, effects like this stapled onto stuff. And not just like, obviously it's great against most decks because most decks are going to have some amount of floating memory in their deck that they would prefer to use. Um, But I mean, against the fire decks, especially these, like the Rhapsody ones that where you and I are big fans of uh, you're, they're like, if they have, they want to have four cards in their graveyard as soon as possible. They want the graveyard to be stacked as soon as Mm -hmm. possible and Sea Sprite Diver is going to be able to come down in that like that sort of the turn two range, turn two, turn three range, where it's like just gonna disrupt that rending flames just enough. It's gonna it's gonna be like its cost lowered so that it can remove one fire card from the graveyard, and now there's only two fire cards and a norm element card in there. Now the opponent's turn is just a little like a little a little weirder mm-hmm. as they're trying to set things up, or it's gonna join a raccoon to just like shut the fire player out of the game or something so yep. yeah it's a cool it's it's good the card seems like a, a nice it's nice to have a raccoon that's a little more powerful and yep. have it be like element bound specifically i like that yes uh let's see were there any other really cool water cards um i mean dahlia obviously is great you guys uh spoiled this one um dahlia dealing dreamer three cost unique ally ranger automaton one attack three power 
Uh, class bonus on attack. Look at the top. Look at the top card of your deck. If it's a water element card, you may put it into your graveyard. Has ranged X, where X is the amount of water element cards in your graveyard. Um, so just like a, a lakeside serpent, but for rangers. Yeah, uh, we, <laughs> we we were really happy to spoil this card because uh, I'm very excited to see what X you can get <laughs> out of this. I'm yes. really pumped. I love cards like that where it's. It, it promises me a gigantic number if I can do everything right. But better yet, she actually just like sets herself up too. So, I mean, we've talked about her a ton in that video, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll move on to Wind. Um, this, uh, one of the cards I'm most excited about again, again, I'm just like gushing over Guardian here. Um, but uh, Armored Valkyrie, three reserve, ally, Guardian Automaton. Uh, steadfast which is this ally can retaliate while rested does not rest to do so and then class bonus as long as armored valkyrie is retaliating he gets plus two attack and two attack two health um just uh, everything tonerous wants to do here yes yeah this this card's sick the stat stat wise it's good three three for a two two isn't like good two three for a two three is like the range where it's like playable Mm -hmm. but Three for a two-two with a pile of useful of like kind of cool abilities, like a a two-two that guarantees it's going to be able to deal damage back to something, is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that when it's when when you're level one, when you're at least tonerous level one, so you have that class bonus, it's it's killing anything that's attacking it, and that's where it's like okay, uh, this this is kind of cool actually. This is pretty solid. Oh yeah, yeah. You, like no one's going to want to attack into this. It's gonna gonna hurt. Uh, let's see. I that was not the guardian card I thought you were gonna say right away. Though. Ooh, well, this one is also very cool. Um, again, spoiled in True Champion Gaming's video. Um, but Rose Eternal Paragon, uh, four reserve, unique ally, guardian warrior, automaton, uh, two attack, three health, intercept, true sight, class bonus, fast activation, and. Level two plus on enter, you may change the target of an attack to Rose. If you do, Rose gets plus one health until end of turn. I love Rose. I think Rose is so sick. Yeah, Rose is fantastic. Like, definitely vying for like top ally in the set. Just so aggressive. She's and, four. Four is expensive. Like four. Four is that range where you're at cemetery sentry, and you're yeah. like, like I don't know if I want to pay four for this right now, but. Because it means it means you have to keep five cards in hand, especially if you're trying to do the fast activation. You have to you have to pass turn and keep five cards in hand. Um, and the awkward thing people are going to find is that with any deck like this, they're going to be tempted to play Gildas. And when you're playing Gildas and playing the Gildas math game, having five cards in hand is having ten cards to get Gildas uh, balanced, and that's too many. That's, that's that's not happening in any sort of it's Gildas ally deck. It's yeah, it means that you probably aren't getting enough allies on board um, mm-hmm. to or so, something weirds happening. If you're getting quite that like like you got Ravaging Tempest and you had like three allies on board. Yeah, and you have ten cards. <laughs> something like that happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's just like it's one or two cards out of range of being like really sick. So, you know, you like as with the card pool grows too, like things are going to shift and variants will certainly crop up. I don't think Rose and Gildas play together super well because of her high cost. But I think that Rose warrants her high cost because 
if anyone's and maybe it's like a sideboard maybe like you take out your gildas and put in roses or something as like a way to like against the other ally decks to just mm-hmm. like uh get to the mid game and just kind of take control of things um because as soon as they start attacking you with this thing it's like nope uh negate your attack and kill your ally um that's yep. <laughs> that's cool that's really good she's she's really sweet yep and true sight is uh like super relevant here uh these ally decks that are going to run her are like they have issues with snow fairy and dream fairy uh the stealth on those and uh i think snow fairy is a two health if i'm remembering correctly and so she just snipes that for free yep and then if you can give her a, a, a bonus uh she gets a dream fairy too so just excellent card in that in the alley mirrors i think i think though thinking about just a little bit more so two two power isn't quite enough to kill a lot of the things that are actually going to be attacking you against that like two three range is is kind of what you're looking at mm-hmm. but i think where rose is going to really shine is that yeah 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 okay 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 i've really thought this through a little bit more so there's still going to be decks that are going to be going for uh rending flames going for fiery momentum going for gigantic you know, gigantic tonerous swings now. And is she going to survive? No, but is she hold up five cards and you can't lose to rending flames? Yes. That's, yep. and that's, that's pretty sick. Yeah. I think very worth, very worth. And, and then you also retaliate two damage back to them, which is like, that's good. Like her real advantage is stopping gigantic champ attacks. Yes. Um, yep. Or actually even, I guess maybe minor, if they just like, try to poke you for one with sword of seeking you could just punish them a little bit like no and also take two <laughs> yeah yes yeah there's like a lot of neat things that she can do um let's see uh cyclonic strike uh you know again just excellent card um i'll, I'll, I'll leave this one to, to two tra- true champion gaming because they did such an excellent video on it yeah um but just a really cool like guardian sword attack that lets you do weird weird tricks with your your allies and unenter abilities or things like that um let's see and kind of the same vein is uh purse per se uh per- relentless <laughs> raptor uh, <laughs> per se <laughs> per se she's a, she's uh, a good card per se yeah per se uh <laughs> maybe three percy purse i don't know yeah um we'll get still on the horn and have him have him confirm all these pronunciations yep uh we've we've got some other other weird ones too um Let's see. So three cost, unique ally, ranger human, ranged to, uh, it is a one attack, three health, and it also has uh, tap, uh, suppress target ally item or weapon, uh, activate this ability only if per se is distant. <laughs> um, so just a little Zephyr on a stick. Uh, yeah. Potentially repeatable. Very cool. This card is super cool. Hmm. Um, it is not just an opponent's thing. It's your thing. There are some interesting, I think there's some interesting interactions with this. Like number one, obviously just like any of your allies that have on enter abilities, you're, you're able to, to mess with a little bit. Again, I don't think we've seen quite enough of the set to like really have a feel for, um, if Ranger is going to have an identity in there that really like can, can bounce on enters, and use them, but like targeting your opponent's allies, of course, can like shut them down for a turn or something. Something I'm excited about is the fact that it says item or weapon. So obviously, like weapons are cool to reset their durability, 
um, if you need to. Items are cool if you want to blink your tithe proclamation uh, to draw a free card. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty sweet. Also removes your tithe proclamation for the turn. So like there's maybe a world where you can do like suppress my tithe proclamation, draw a million cards. End of turn. Oh, you, you wouldn't be able to draw the card off of it, though, when it comes back in because you would have drawn more than three at that point. So almost we were so close, yeah. but I don't, it's, I mean, still, it's still cute. That's still. Yeah. You're like, if you're going to draw a million cards and then stop your opponent from doing that, like you'll, you'll happily take the loss on the on the on enter from tithe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Like lots of, lots of sweet things that you can do here. Um, depending on how easy it is to make things distant or like what cards have that, like she could just be outside of Ranger decks in general and just reset on foster abilities. Oh yeah. There's no class bonus on this. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Like lots of, lots of, you know, fun, uh, potential here. So. Yeah. Resetting foster is going to be an interesting thing to see too. I mean, we didn't really talk about that either, but like with, uh, with the escape card, with escape the wreckage, you yes, can yep. you can use that to just after you've already fostered something, if you want to get that foster effect again. Ooh, yes, definitely. Yeah, especially if it gets targeted afterwards. Like that's mm-hmm. that's just like oh, it's Value Town. I love Value Town. Yes, I want to live there. Um, you know, uh, speaking of things we could potentially reset here for some sweet value, uh, we got recruitment officer as well, a three cost. Uh, ally guardian human i said that weird sorry uh human <laughs> a one three class bonus foster on foster look at the top five cards of your deck you may reveal an ally card from among them and put it into your hand and then you put the rest of the cards on the bottom of your deck in any order um so yeah just a sweet sweet guardian piece that's gonna help you keep the cards coming uh throughout the game this is really just the guardian podcast sorry yeah. We tricked you. Yep. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, but not sorry, because these Guardian decks are sweet. Uh, these cards are sweet. Yep. Um, that's, I mean, that that wraps up a lot of these spoilers, actually. Um, I want to talk about one more, if you don't yes, mind. please if do. I, if I toss Absolutely. it in. Before, yeah. we, before we sign off here for the for our very, our inaugural episode of Recollection well, Step. Yeah, I, I'd like to get your, your kind of, you know, thoughts so far on the on what we've seen overall, too, before we. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. So but the last card, card I want to talk about is a Starde Celestial Dawn. Mm, yes. Yep. Okay, so this is an Astra card, which means we don't know much about the context of this because Astra is going to be, again, Cleric's um, advanced element. We don't know much about Cleric plays, but let me tell you, I, I, know, I know how this card plays because I've played enough card games. This card's nuts. This, <laughs> this is a three-cost, unique ally, Cleric human, Two attack, four health, class bonus, fast activation. Okay, and you're you're this Astra. So for now, it's in cleric already anyway, so that doesn't matter. In the future, maybe different, but for now, that's always in cleric. If an object would enter the field under opponent's control from anywhere except from the effects stack, banish it face down instead. Okay, so maybe that that is also like that's very. Very Grand Archive style, like kind of kind of gamey wording. But what this is basically saying is, if you've ever played Magic, this is Containment Priest. This is, if something would come into play and it wasn't just activated, it wasn't just, you just played it, it just gets banished face down, which is interesting too. Um, 
this set has a bunch of things that are creating token cards now, summoning summoning tokens. Uh, those do those do not enter the effect stack. They just would be summoned. So this already is just going to shut down any token shenanigans. We didn't talk about that at all, but there are a number of things that are there. Are tokens. yes, yep. Um, but let's let's talk about Percy again. <laughs> let's <laughs> exactly. talk about let's talk about all the cards and like wind that are like suppressing stuff. And actually, they just don't come back anymore when you suppress them. You you play your uh, um, your scepter. Your wind scepter to uh, to just get gain some card draw, but sometimes suppress something. Now you have a free just banish target unit, mm-hmm. uh, not unit ally target ally. Um, yes, yeah. You thought Ventus was good before; it's yeah. even better now. <laughs> I uh, the fact that this has fast activation is what makes this um, a really excellent card. Yep. The opponent is going to suppress their own stuff, perhaps. And expect that it like a rational human that that will come back, and now it won't. Surprise. Yep. Yeah, this is gonna potentially just ruin a lot of people's days. Uh, if you use Zephyr to save an ally or anything like that, not even just an ally, any sort of object, right? Um, it's gone forever. Uh, it also hits uh, the majestic spirit. I was about to say next. There's some crux targets for this that yep. are scary. Yeah, if your opponent goes incarnate majesty, you go. Go ahead, uh, Starday in response, and they go. Yep. Okay. Uh, Spirit Blade Ascension does not seem as scary anymore with this card running around. Uh, if they go for the in soul Spirit Blade and soul, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> no swords enter. They all yes. get banished. Oh. Your opponent would choose. I think they can choose to not yes. put any out then. So yep. So they don't. They don't get like totally dunked. <laughs> but it's um. They, yeah, they're yeah. probably spending their whole turn to try and insole and you're, you know. Yeah, or just, to incarnate or something. Yeah, yep. and you're just going to throw this out casually uh, after doing whatever you did on your turn probably um, and just like re- like basically get an extra turn for free uh, yeah. with a 2-4 body. Yeah, it's, yeah, this card is is excellent and definitely one of the, one of the things that got me excited to learn more about Cleric. Which I, I believe we will be doing very soon, I believe sometime in December, we're going to get this final, um, this like big push for the advanced elements and some other stuff. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for that. That'll be, I think Weaves of the Shore and TM32 are going to be putting on something pretty cool here. So yeah, that'll be coming. Um, yeah. So um, just, yeah, that's that's all the cool cards that we found so far. Um, there's actually, I think there's a, there's a bunch more, but like we're not going to be here all night, right? Yeah. So I shouldn't say all the cool, that's uh, some of the cool cards. There's a lot of really cool cards in the set, but I mean that if the fact that we can't just sit here or we could just sit here and go for another hour and talk about these cards more really drives home how, how excited we are about this set. It's, it looks fantastic. It looks like it's going to be a great follow-up to Dawn of Ashes and Fractured Crown and really round out their, uh, the seven plant classes really really nicely yeah i'm i'm what i'm looking forward to in this set especially seeing all these things um other than dunking on people with guardian (laughs) is um i think i think we're going to start to see each class really start to come into its own particular playing style and you're going to if you are a grand archive player i think we're going to start to get into more of that mentality of you are going to maybe consider becoming a a class specialist, a class master. We're going to have a little bit more of this sort of like specialist play style where because the meta is too wide, 
to really tech for everything. You just want to become like, there'll be some metagaming and be like, you know what? Cleric's really good right now. There's some good combo decks and stuff, but you might start to just really specialize in. I like the play style of Ranger. I'm going to play a lot of Ranger. We expect to see future sets having uh, a range of support for everything. And then using those um, level three champions and advanced elements to kind of create exciting uh, change-ups to how different things can play rather than some games which just say well, this set is this set is for warrior and and mage and and cleric They're like you mm-hmm. know and then everything else gets nothing whatever uh, yeah. i think grand archive is going to be a little more from what we understand unless things change a little more diverse um allowing constant support to be flowing for everything which means that if you you know if you want to if you like these play styles in, in alchemical revolution you're going to be able to sort of settle yourself in to uh, becoming a master of cleric, becoming a master of mage, um, and uh, and I'm a, and I'm a fan of that. And I feel I feel like we're seeing that um, from from these these previews are showing very distinct play styles for each of the. We didn't really talk about hardly any cleric ones, but mm-hmm. um, cleric obviously has its own huge set of distinct things. Yes. Um, I'm a fan of that specialization. Yep. Yeah, I think that is going to be really neat, and that's going to help players really like latch on to you know they'll find something that really like gets their hooks into them and they'll want to stick with that and i think it's a really smart move on on weeb's uh part um also just really smart that a lot of these cards aren't like defined only by class bonuses there's a lot of really strong cards here that are just generically strong and you can kind of play them in whatever deck where they where they fit they don't have to you don't have to throw all your guardian cards into just the guardian deck um like there's a lot of overlap that uh, is going to let a lot of classes get more support than they they might if you know they're not the main focus of a set moving forward. Yeah, and I and I think the other cool thing, like number one, that helps like enable draft formats, which I'm very excited just to see how like sealed and, and draft will play with this as Weebs continues to sort of like hone in on what they want that to play like. Um, but similar to our uh, hybrid triple threat deck from Ascent, you know my gears are already turning a little bit, thinking like. So what if you have a deck that goes to Guardian against allies, but goes to Warrior against open board decks? You know, mm-hmm. like I'm thinking like there's some there's going to be some interesting overlap in between cards that'll make some of that stuff a little more possible. And that's where I think like there's going to be some some really cool, I think, meta developments that'll happen if people are willing to explore yep. those options a little more. Definitely. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, any other last notes you want to hit before nope, we sign I, off? I, I think that's pretty good. I think we're, I think we're good to sign off. Taylor, thank you so much for, uh, for joining. And, um, I hope everyone enjoyed your, your presence here. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you. I enjoyed my presence here. So it was, it was a good time. Uh, I'm happy to, uh, get this going and, um, excited to keep, uh, podcasting in the future. So definitely, um, yeah, so uh, it looks like we have resolved all of our Merlin triggers here, and we've leveled up and drawn our card. Um, so that's been the recollection step. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another episode uh, with another fun topic. Probably won't be spoilers, but if we're lucky, it might be. Yeah, if we're lucky. Absolutely. I, I can't wait for it. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys all at that one. All right, thanks. Thanks.